Hello and welcome into episode 37 of the Stomp the Bus show. I'm your host, Mark Harris, and my co-host is back, Colton Dodgson. Back on the show after a few weeks of adulting, uh, taking him off the show. Colton, how's it been, man? Oh, you know, Mark, it's it's never been better because I'm back, honestly. Um, you know, really tried to make it happen, wanted to be back here sooner. Uh, but unfortunately, with all of the other podcasts that I have obligations to, um i wasn't able to get on this one for a while so uh if you missed my voice you can hear me on any of those other podcasts that you listen to some pretty prominent ones um but yeah i'm back here and i wouldn't have it any other way did they, did they get you on part of my take i know bobby went on part of my take no i didn't go on part of my take uh i was bobby's alternate if oh, bobby okay. walked out they had me on call um, to be like an ASU athletics host because, you know, obviously I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty seamless replacement for Bobby Hurley. Um, there you go. But yeah, not part in my take. They haven't come out yet, so I'm not allowed to talk about it. I think they're trying to like backlog some of the episodes that I recorded in my absence, uh, these assorted shows. But once they come out, you'll know. There you go. Hey, maybe it, maybe uh, it's busting with the boys. You know, they were at the ASU spring game. This I, past I can't. I wish I could talk about it with you, Mark. I just can't. Uh, on a serious note, the bus, obviously, they were uh, at the spring game coaching their respective uh, maroon and gold teams. Um, but they also had uh, four ASU players on their podcast. And it was really interesting. That's um, really cool. They had Rashada on, and he. It was good to hear. He just sounded very like comfortable, um, at peace with the decision to come to ASU, and yeah. So, and then Travion Brown, Wazoo transfer linebacker, they had him, and he was interesting. Conyers, uh, I didn't know that Conyers and Jordan Clark were both at Cronkite. So, oh, that's interesting. They're the most, the most athletic Cronkite kids of all time. Well, I wouldn't go that far. No we doubt. Pretty, I, I knew some pretty athletic people at that school. I don't want to name names, but a certain uh, the man in the mirror news broadcaster's legacy basketball team. You know what's funny is there's like five different groups you could be talking about right yeah. now. So. I thought I thought I made it specific enough, but I don't right. know if I did. Uh, if you know, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, uh, no intramurals this past Saturday, although I guess it was a level above intramurals because it was practice, but. ASU had a spring game um, on don't Saturday. Tell, hey, don't tell the competitive A guys that. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite uh, uh, <laughs> person at ASU in intramurals is the is the guys who like could be playing at way higher levels within the intramural structure. They play in the lowest level just to get the intramural champion T-shirt. 100%. They're the competitive A guys that are playing in Rec B or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. No, those guys were all over the place. I, oh, man. I have some incredible intramural stories that I hold close to my heart, uh, many of which I should have been banned from a lot of different uh, ASU properties. But ultimately, they didn't make that decision, and I'm glad because I have a, a wellspring of stories that i get to take with me for the rest of my days yeah good thing they didn't have adam silver and uh, joe dumars making the decision 
<laughs> or else you'd be the next Draymond. I don't think I ever stomped on any chests, but um, yeah, never, never that far. It, it was more obscure stuff, but yeah, I, yeah. I think they would have allowed me to play in game three. I mean, I was told by Warriors fans that Draymond is unfairly uh, targeted by the refs and he hasn't done anything wrong, so I don't know. And, you know, they're just a <laughs> ragtag. Warriors, the Warriors and the Warriors fans are just a ragtag group of underdogs that right. nothing ever bounces their way. And it's just them against the world, the Bay against the world. You can't get any free agents. Yeah, the the Bay against the world. If Brock they haven't Purdy even won a title played. recently. Oh wait, Last if Brock year. Purdy would have played, it would have been Super Bowl. If, <laughs> now it's going to be if Draymond would have played Game Three, it wouldn't have been a first round exit. All that stuff. Oh yeah. Also, if you've, there will never be another basketball player that averages nine six and five and is also regarded by some people as a top 30 player no as a top like uh, yeah i get what you're saying player all time if you look at that dude's averages i think he averaged more than 14 points in a season once and granted he plays with steph and clay but to be regarded as highly as that guy is 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 pretty wild and i don't know i remember at the peak at the peak of their powers, right? I remember people saying, oh, you could put Draymond on any team as the one and they would go to the playoffs. And I was just like, no, the F they wouldn't. You couldn't put him on the freaking Charlotte Hornets or whoever was bad back then and be like, lead us in scoring, Draymond. (laughs) Yeah, there has never been a more prominent example of a product of a system. Maybe... I'm trying to think of like, and I, I don't want to just be like. I wouldn't. Okay, I'm. Advice. I would push. But oh, no, I was just gonna say I don't want recency bias to take over. But I'm like, I I don't know if there's a guy that I've watched that is more of a product of the system that he's in in basketball than Draymond Green. Yeah, I I would so I would put that a little differently because like I would say that he like he does excel in his role. Like, I don't think anyone can take that away from him. Like, and that's why he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So I guess we're kind of saying it in the. No, I agree with that. But to regard him as highly as he is regarded as like a player and not just a guy who does what he needs to do is is pretty asinine. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, (laughs) Draymond Green wasn't uh, stomping anyone at ASU spring game. That's just trying to. Segway that back on the tracks. The king of uh, segways. Yeah, that's right. Call me two wheel Mark. I got all the segways. <laughs> and this is why I'm on other shows now. Yeah, I can't believe I just said that out loud. Uh, <laughs> well, um, anyway, Colton, who do you think? How, how do you? You weren't at the game. Um, just from following, you know. Twitter news, whatever, just kind of vaguely paying attention to spring football. Uh, what did you expect the quarterback situation to be like? Well, I can I can tell you that you know it's kind of like the the dead season right now. I'm not on Twitter or anything like that, so I'm kind of just like I'm in full baseball NFL draft mode right now to be completely right. honest. So I could do a way better job, but all I could all I can say is I. I think everybody's excited about Rashada, and rightfully so. 
Um, but I think in terms of going into the spring game, and I know you were there in some of the notes and discussions we've had, kind of validates this a little bit for me, this, this kind of inclination that I had going in, um, is that I don't think – I think it's going to stay pretty chalk in terms of who is it's given the opportunity to win this job. And it looks like Borgay and Pine yep. uh, got the bulk of the reps at the spring game. Um, which I, you know, I did, I did expect, it seems like they're going to try to bring Rashado along slow, uh, let him grow into this a little bit. He had a crazy recruiting, um, I guess I recruiting experience. art. I don't even know how to experience. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe it, but just kind of let him settle into like, now you're a college athlete. That is your job right now is to just learn the ins and outs of what this all means, right? Everybody's excited about the potential, but I didn't ever think that he was going to be a guy who came in and started week one as a true freshman, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that the, the spring game would serve as kind of a sobering, uh, a sobering reminder yeah. for the quarterback, a, a situation that kind of brings the fan base back down to earth. Um, in terms of the people who were like, Rashad is going to start. Because I, I do think it will be – I think it will more – I don't know. How did Bourget look at the, the spring game? Bourget looked – he looked pretty good. He looked very comfortable in the offense. Um, granted, he did – so he did have Badger on his team, which, okay. you know, he's the best receiver on the team. But he also had uh, Cam Scadabo the transfer running back from Sac State. And if you're an ASU fan watching this, get familiar with that name because he he looks like RB1. I mean, that dude, and Borgay was throwing to him a lot. There was a lot of screens to him. I remember like a third and one, he threw it right out of the flat uh, to him just to pick up the first down. Uh, so, and, and with Pine, I, mean, I thought Pine. Sorry, I was just going to ask, does that mean Borgay was, would you say that team was like the ones or did they split up? Starter, no. okay. Yeah, because Jalen Conyers was on the the the, the gold team with Pine, okay, um, and had like a sixty yard touchdown catch in this game too. Um, he, I mean, Jalen Conyers, I I think he's going to be a first round tight end next year. Like he's athletic, he's got the size. I mean, he has the. I assume he'll have the production. He had the production last year and basically only like six games. You know. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't total ones ones and ones. Okay. Um, Pine, I think Pine had like two catches or two passes dropped. He had another that like clearly there was like a little bit of a miscommunication in the route where uh, Troy, I think, is O'Meary transfer from Texas. He it, he was running like a, a hitch, um, and clearly the ball was there like a tick too early because it was one of those interceptions where like the ball like hits off the guys like right here, like the top of his uh, chest. And then it flew up, like popped up in the air um, and it got intercepted. Uh, So like, I think there's going to be that learning curve with, with someone like mine and a lot of those transfers too. Like it sounds like board gay with the exception of Scadabo was running with a lot of guys he's already played with. So um, I I think, Oh, sorry, go ahead. That's who I was going to ask you about was Messiah Swinson too. I mean, he didn't really do anything. He, he didn't really do much. Um, but I mean, and the thing is, this is all like it's spring game. Like we know Messiah Swinson's a good tight end. Like we saw him yeah. last year, he's huge. <laughs> so like, obviously, very beneficial in football. 
uh, I, what stood out to me among with, with those two is like they they clearly like they grasped the system. You, you could tell they grasped the system pretty well. Uh, they were making quick decisions for the most part, and that's what this offense is. And you're a talking lot about of times. the quarterbacks, right? Yeah, Borgay okay. and Pine. Yeah. Um, and Pine, Pine, um, he's not the biggest guy, but he has he has good pocket presence um, and a pretty quick release. Where and Borgay, I mean, we we saw Borgay last year. Like he just he's accurate um, and just knows what to do with the ball. So yeah. I could see how those two were the those two were the ones that kind of rose through the depth chart in spring practice. Yeah, and I think what I noticed about Borgay too, especially last year, is he doesn't really get too rattled, which I think oh. is great. I mean, we saw it in that Washington game where for a long time it was like, you have to answer, you have to answer. They're yeah. coming back. They're kind of like every every ASU drive, there was a subsequent Washington drive to kind of put the pressure back on uh, the offense. And I, I think every time I watched in one of those situations, he kind of answered the call, which is encouraging. Um, and I don't know, it kind of seems like Pine transfers in and he has the the Notre Dame pedigree, started a couple games at Notre Dame, whatever it was. Um, and then you have Rashada, who commits to ASU after the very prominent NIL fall through, whatever that was. And I think that Borgay has fallen through the cracks a little bit. And I don't know if that's necessarily like something that should be happening. I think maybe Borgay needs to be held in, in a bit of a higher regard simply because of his familiarity. And like, based on what you saw at the spring game, it seems like he's still pretty sharp um, and has a little bit of room to grow even. I mean, this would be his, what, second? I mean, his first full season as a starter. Yeah. So. Well, uh, and you mentioned him falling through the cracks. I think that's in terms of like the fan base he's right that's what i mean yeah that's what i mean is in terms of like oh who's gonna be the starter next year nobody's really bringing up borgay i don't think right i don't know maybe some circles of of friends who are just no no but no you're right yeah no like people like i don't think when you're talking about who's qb1 next fall borgay is brought up significantly less than somebody like Pine or Rashada is. Yeah. And I don't know if that should necessarily be the case. And right. maybe no. what you saw at the spring game kind of like supports that. And no, that totally feels right. Just anecdotally, we're just talking with people about uh, the upcoming season. And I think one reason might be like, I think there's just a lot of people that want to put last year completely in the past, which totally makes sense. Um, but poor gay played decently well in a lot of games that they lost you know mm-hmm. um obviously we all remember the washington game they won that one he played decently he played pretty well against u of a for the most yeah. part he played decently well against ucla um i mean, I mean there could be game. i mean he didn't play well on the road at wazoo or against oregon state so like it wasn't perfect but again this was a not a good team that he was on um no plays well on the road against wazoo oregon state so <laughs> Well, OSU at home, but yeah, it's the same. I mean, but, a, any ASU quarterback folds there, so yeah, I get no, it. that's true. Um, so yeah, expect one of those two to be the starter. And hey, like if Rashada is the starter by the end of fall camp, then that means he's been awesome, yeah. right? So, um, but yeah, it, it, talking about Rashada at the game, you could you could see the talent in terms of like his arm strength, um, but you could tell that there was just. 
he's still like figuring out, uh, you know, speed of the game, um, the offense in general, and just decision making. I mean, the play that stands out is, uh, I think he was going, I think he was going toward Conyers in the end zone. It, it was there at the fifty yard line, and he's like avoids some pressure in the pocket, then rolls out and like just hucks it downfield, um, and it got picked off by one of the safeties. Uh, you know, because it was a broken play type of deal. But that's, that's you know that's, that's the perfect like, mistake to make in a spring game. Yeah, and that's just like inexperience too, yeah. trying to extend a play. I mean, obviously it's a spring game. Nobody's going to tackle you if you're a quarterback, right? So that might not be an opportunity he even gets in a game. And maybe he's aware of that. He's just like, I don't know, make a play in a spring game, see what happens. But that that's exactly – I mean, that's probably what they're seeing is that inexperience in terms of like we we have to bring him along a little slower if we want to get I mean, in the transfer era, anything can happen. But obviously, the I mean, the the best case scenario or the current plan has to be two years or, you know, a year where he competes and then wins the job. And then you get two years as a starter or a year where he competes doesn't and probably transfers or whatever it is. But um the plan has to be like not this year but next year when he truly contends it based right. on the the arc that we've seen um yep. but i think on the topic of Borgay a little bit and the, i guess the theme of this has kind of been like he's the forgotten man a little bit and that might need to change because maybe the coaching staff doesn't necessarily see it like that um but even like going back to last year he he didn't open as the starter. He was kind of, he was probably the backup, right? With he Paul Tyson. Uh, it doesn't open as the starter. And Forgot about every, it. Yeah, everything happens with um, with Herm Edwards and the Eastern Michigan game and all that stuff. They bring in uh, Sean Iguano as the interim and then it's kind of like, oh, we're going to go to, you know, he's kind of thrown into this, this fire a little bit where it's yeah. like nothing is going right. So not only the, the pressure in terms of like what's happening in the game, but the pressure of like the fan base currently hates this team. Some of these fans are actively like rooting for us to lose. So certain executives get fired. Like that sort of situation yeah. has to be one of the most difficult to play in. And he still came in and played the way that he did. Like there's a certain fortitude about this guy and a certain passion probably for this program program given everything that you know he's been yeah. through that i'm sure that's probably a common ground with with somebody who's trying to activate the valley and and yeah. right that that underlying sense of passion that maybe this guy has that you know you can't really find that in in transfers or freshmen so that's another that's another layer to this that that could be interesting absolutely well in Bor- in Bourget, him and like his uh, family and his his brothers, they started like their own seven on seven team and went up against like seven on seven teams that had like four star recruits and were just like they and they like I don't know how it all went, but like they hung t- hung tough with them to a certain degree, and like you that's like a different level of uh, passion and dedication for it because it's not like oh I'm just joining seven on seven team X. And I'm one of the receivers or whatever. It's me and my brothers and maybe a few other guys from school. We're starting a team 
and going out and, you know, um, and clearly you, you can see that in just his, in the decision-making and the accuracy you get, you can, that transfers over, uh, or has transferred over from seven on seven with him. Um, so it's, and he was, he had like a prolific high school career too, and didn't get recruited by U of A or ASU. And then I think he walked I on. Like, I feel like all these guys have prolific high school. That's career. true. Like, That's I true. feel like you could go down. I mean, I'm sure Alabama's quarterback room right now is just like 5,000 yards, 5,000 yards, 60 total touchdowns in their senior year. Just right. crazy, crazy. I stuff. think it's this. I think I, sh- I should have used, a, I should have said record breaking. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's still pedigree. Like, it's still something you've accomplished. You right. Know, which I, yeah, he seems that I, I feel like that's something that guys either have or they don't in terms of right. quarterbacks. Like, that ability to kind of slow it all down and weather the storm a little bit and, and stay, I guess the best way to put it would just be like staying present. I think some guys make it way too big and that's what you see at every level. Yeah. Guys oh yeah. I was just going like, to say like in the NFL guys struggle with it, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure, I mean, everywhere you'll see where the moment just, and I think that was, I, we could go on and on, but just like examples and whatever, but that that's like a real thing that you, you notice. And I don't know if it's a comfortability with a system or just who you are or a coach, whatever. But if, if somebody has that, I, I would argue that's one of the most valuable traits. All of these guys are athletically talented. All of these guys are skilled, but like that intangible stuff, that ability to come into a situation and like just take control and be in that moment is imperative and I think that's something we've seen a lot from Borgay especially last year like you can't overstate how well he played given that situation that situation had to be awful for those players yeah in terms of like you know even with Iguano like you're rallying around this guy and it's like okay we all probably know that like they have to know the ins and outs of like this business and how much money is being thrown around for these athletic directors and these coaches and all of this stuff. And it's like, are they really even going to keep this guy that has kept us all together? I don't know. You know, like just all of those things that are swirling around. So to be able to play as well as he did, given all of that, I think is impressive. Yeah, totally. So I, and I would be totally fine with him starting this whole season. Like. I I agree. I mean, that'd be cool to see him like with two guys coming in that are, that are pretty, uh, we're on a lot of lists in terms of transfers and recruits and stuff. Right. I still see him get that job, I think. Well, and Conover, cool. too, who he didn't really yeah. play that much in the spring game. But, yeah. yeah. Um, And the other uh, – in terms of if Pine starts, in, t- in terms of, like, t- you know, overcoming adversity, like, we don't think that he would because it's, oh, it's Notre Dame. But, like, Notre Dame started last year, like – I mean, they lost, they lose to Ohio State, whatever – but then they lose to freaking Marshall and it like the sky is falling and they barely beat Cal. And like it, this, like last year was a very stressful like season for Notre Dame people, even though it went well in the end, but um, Drew Pine's been in, you know, been in a meat grinder like that as well. So yeah, I, I think that's, th- that bodes well for the quarterback room. Um, other observations, I mentioned Scadabo. This dude he just looks so difficult to tackle. He's just stocky, but he's also clearly like super athletic. He did like a backflip after a touchdown. Um, great body control. 
it, he's just going to be so fun to watch, man. Like I, I can't wait to see the ways that Dillingham uses him. 5'10", That dude is going to be impossible to tackle. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, my God. That's, that's no, wild. He, he's going to be so good. Like, Because you never know with guys going up from the FCS to the uh, Power 5. Like, that's a big jump. But he did, he did not look out of place at all. And a lot of people were like, oh, this guy's the spring game MVP. Which, like, who knows how that works out in the long run. But he looked the part. Um, yeah, that's literally like a, a Rex Burkhead build. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, mentioned Conyers and Badger. There's really nothing to say. Like they were both awesome. BJ Green on defense. He looked. He. I just remember watching it, and it just felt like he was just all over the place. You know. Um, so hopefully he can ret- he can kind of get back to the way he was playing his freshman year. Uh, and then I'm gonna kind of bring this up when it comes to the uh, transfers, but. One of the freshman defensive tackles, uh, CJ Fight, he he's also like a really he's five eleven as a defensive tackle, and you could tell that was just really disruptive to the offensive lineman he was going against. Like he he burst through a few times, um, and you know it could be because of the way Brian Ward's defense is, because um, they did have like four interceptions that game throughout the course of the game. You could tell it's aggressive. Uh, but there's like three ASU defensive tackles in the transfer portal. Um, and I think it might be because like fight showed up and played way better than they expected your average freshman to play, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a fun, fun game to watch. I, I, I think that like just watching that it's, it's, I do not expect this team like, having any record close to the record they had last year, you know, like I think that this feels, yeah, this feels like a six and six at worst type of team, or maybe like five and seven. If you get like, if you have a missed field goal or what you just get extremely unlucky and you go five and seven, but it, it it feels much more competent. Um, Clearly some of the transfers are going to hit along with some of the guys you brought in the year before, obviously, but it, I'm excited, man. I like that. Ge- whenever they play Oklahoma State, that second game, like that's going to be so fun. Um, a team that beat you last year. First, it won't be the first home game of the new staff. It'll be like the first real like home game of the new staff. And I'm just excited. There, there, I bet there will be a good amount of Oklahoma State fans here too. Like it'll just be a great atmosphere, and it, it'll just be so fun to see. Like, what does it look like when bullets are flying? You know. Definitely. Yeah. And I think at the very least, you kind of said it, but like, this will be a team that scores, you know, if they're losing games, I don't think they're going to lose games because they scored fewer than 13 points or something like that. You know, I don't think they're going to lose very many defensive slug fests, you know, Uh, they'll be able to score points. And in the Pac-12, I think that's extremely important to keep pace with, you know, the the USC and the Washingtons and all of those programs, you know, so as long as you have the pieces on offense and as long as Dillingham finds the quarterback that he has that synergy with and the quarterback that's able to run Dillingham Dillingham system. I, I mean, we've seen that it's, it's a, it's a quarterback friendly system that produces results and scores points. 
Yep. So as long as they can run that, if he finds a guy who can run that system effectively, I don't think they're going to lose because they're not scoring points. I agree. So, yeah. And that'll be fun. So, a lot of overs. Yeah. And, and you know what? Like, this is what we said during the coaching search and what we said pre-coaching search. Like, if you're going to lose, if you're going to be like a seven and five team at ASU, you need to be like scoring points and ma- being an exciting type team. Because otherwise, like, look, we know what the fan base is. Like, people aren't going to pat the house for Iowa football results, you know, unless you're going 10 and 2 every year. Then, then, I mean, yeah, then people will. But you need to really win if you're going to play like a boring style of football, uh, like our last coach. Um, and so I like that Dillingham, I mean, he's an offensive guy anyway, but I think he, if anyone would know, like, you need to have the bells and whistles on it too to get the people who aren't super dialed in anyway um we're going to transfer over to some transfer talk there's a little freudian slip uh you know there's not so far we're recording this on uh wednesday night and so guys could obviously enter from then but there's really only been seven guys. There's been seven guys who've hit the portal from ASU football. Uh, and really only two of them are like notable, if that makes sense. So I have a list in front of me here, Colton. Um, there's a, a a random linebacker who I'm forgetting his name. Um, sorry, but he entered, he entered the portal. Uh, you have offensive lineman Danny Valenzuela, offensive lineman Thomas LeBoucher, who were backups like I don't you know those were not like super notable players and that's what's good about the transfer portal is like those guys can go play somewhere else uh three defensive tackles Brandon McElroy and uh Jaleel Rivera Harvey who were both Juco guys um and so you know hopefully you know I wish them luck at their next spot and then uh defensive tackle Robbie Harrison that's that that's a tough loss because he played a little bit last year young guy um but i did see his note that he left on twitter of like thank you son of nation yada 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 he and he mentioned all the coaches from the previous staff so you know there are coaches that get that leave all the time and now this guy can go um you know play with coaches he wants to play for now so i totally get it and then bennett meredith as well uh and he actually looked pretty decent in the spring game but he's just stuck behind so many other guys on the depth chart you know um and my my overall takeaway with this is like all for the most part the people entering the portal it's people that like it all makes sense you know it's all for the on this on the outside it looks like it's for playing time reasons no absolutely yeah just leaving because the situation is so bad like last year right right because of like it's it's not a fit and the culture is just not where it needs to be all that stuff which again is a good problem to have you know if if guys as long as there's not an exodus because nobody can stand the coaching staff or there's some shady things going on um which yeah you know i think this is the first time in a very long time that i've thought about the investigation which is actually pretty refreshing You know, this team seems like it's going to stay competitive even through that, Um, which is good. And I think that's also a testament to the current culture, the current climate in college football, where 
you know, if, if that happens and guys need to go elsewhere, so be it. But they're not really worried about, you know, their career becoming derailed because of some sanctions or whatever, which is good. I mean, they're they're weathering that whole storm, too. So exactly. The culture seems to be trending in the right direction. Hopefully that means hopefully that's something that stays and, you know, it's something that's consistent. And if they lose a couple of games, hopefully that doesn't go anywhere, you know. Right. Um, so again, you're completely right. There's nobody transferring because this isn't the place for them. It seems like everybody that is here wants to be here, which is what Dillingham was preaching when he got in. So exactly. Um, and I mean, the other thing from last year, like at this time last year, we didn't know who our quarterback was going to be. Like Emory Jones was brought in after spring football. So. <laughs> Yeah. Like that's like I so like when Ricky Pearsall left, it was like like oh dang I'm upset like I wish Ricky Pearsall would stay a Sun Devil. Like, he you know I loved watching him play, but at at this time last year he didn't know who was going to be throwing in the ball. So there's not this like chaos like there, there, yeah there's just not this chaos around the program. It's just it's just muted expect expectations. Like okay let's just improve you know like anything will be better than last year for the most part like. We brought in some guys like this team just looks like it has talent at spots. And so um, just good vibes and there's not, you know, just question marks everywhere. That's what that's what it was last year. It was just what's going to happen? Is the investigation going to drop in the summer? How is it going to affect all this? And then um, even though you're right, you just mentioned the investigation still like a thing. It hasn't been resolved, but it's not it feels like so much less of a dark cloud hanging over the program because there's only one guy from that staff still on the program and he was a running backs coach then. So like, who knows how much it'll even be, uh, ASU will even be punished. I mean, I don't really want to get into that hypothetical conversation, but it's, it just feels like less of an issue. No, absolutely. That's a good thing. You know, purging everything that happened with that, regime i guess you know that that uh that sort of i don't even know what to call it i I guess regime is the right word under that in that era i guess of of asu football moving away from everything that happened with that um is is a crucial step i think in this separating yourself and distancing yourself from everything that happened um over under you know in the herm edwards era is is paramount for this team like Dillingham needs to overhaul this program and complete and 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 create something and build something that is the antithesis of what happened under Herm Edwards so and I think obviously the fact that we're not thinking about the investigation we're not thinking about culture problems we're not thinking about do guys want to be here you know we're not thinking about how much longer does Herm Edwards have it seems like it's generally just positive energy right now surrounding this team, which is a huge first step toward kind of separating yourself from that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's also, um, it's also like very promising that I don't think there was a huge, you know, you had guys like Elijah Badger and Trenton Borgay and, um, you know, Jalen Conyers and Messiah Swinson, like, prominent producers from last year who are still making the decision to come back and didn't transfer out. I think that's just a testament to how 
how um, how big of an impression Dillingham has made this early on. So, yeah, totally. That was kind of my last note. You can do your segue now. <laughs> well, I don't even have anything, but uh, yeah, no, like just to wrap up football, like heading into you know the summer and you know before fall camp and stuff, like feels like we're leaving spring practice on a good note. And and there's really only been one injury too, which mm-hmm. is also uh, important. You know, we can have you can have all the good vibes you want if five key players go down with yeah. season-ending injuries. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? If no one's playing, it, yeah. yeah, it does not matter. Exactly. Well, uh, ASU basketball will have new players next year. Actually, got two of them in the transfer portal in this last week, including one earlier today. Uh, that I, that would be – so do you want to talk about the guys coming in or one of the guys who entered the portal? Um, so it looks like Frankie Collins and Warren Washington are doing the, the NBA draft, maintain your eligibility thing. Yep. Uh, you wanted to talk about Duke Brennan, right? He just entered the, the portal. Yeah, because it just – it seems like an odd portal entry, you know? Because Duke Brennan, like, he played a decent amount his freshman year, but – it's not like he, it's not like he had like, it's not like schools would be like banging down his door to get him. To at least Wilkins that's how guy I feel. too, you know. What what? I said Andy's a local guy too. I don't yeah. know if it, if it had something to do with like just a program fit, but he played a lot. I, I if, as a freshman too. I don't yeah. I don't really know. No, it does seem like a weird entry. Um, Again, Jemai Neal entered the portal and came back. So we have to always note that. And on the other side of it, Devin Cambridge said he wasn't going to get going the portal. And then he went to the portal. So it's. I know Frankie Collins, or not Frankie Collins, but DJ Horn picked um, NC, NC State. State. Yeah. Has, has uh, Devin Cambridge picked anywhere? Or is he no, I don't think so. I know he's. I, I know. I think he toured some places. He toured, or he was going to uh, Oregon. Clemson and then ironically Auburn, even though he was at Auburn the year before I went to ASU. So it's not like he doesn't know what it is, but um, yeah. So it's just so weird. I think the only guy from ASU basketball last year who isn't either leaving, uh, entered the NBA draft type of thing or put, put his name in the portal and came back is Alonzo Gaffney. Like, He's just—he's the only one who's just been like just chilling on the roster this whole time, and um, you know, not entering the portal. Not like he's just been—it's like, oh yeah, I'm still here, you know. Uh, yeah. So that's interesting, but yeah, and I mean, even with even if Frankie Collins and Warren Washington decide to do the NBA thing, which I mean, I don't even. I would be – and, again, I don't know any – Frankie Collins is not getting drafted this year. There's no, that's no, what I'm saying. And I don't know if Warren Washington is either. Like Warren Washington, a little more – as from a from an ASU fan perspective in wanting him to come back, I'm a little more concerned just because he is a center. Like, he yeah. like he is seven feet tall. Like, And maybe he gets good, like, feedback at his workout. Like, oh, maybe you, maybe you won't get drafted and you probably won't play in the NBA, but – you know, talk to this agent and he's from the Greek basketball league or whatever, from the Australian basketball league. But on the flip side of that, if you're Warren Washington, you can just be like, okay, well, that's always going to be there, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You can go 
play for one more year and then go overseas if you if you right. want. I mean, uh, so the, those guys, I guess it's just holding pattern. But even if we're if we're going conservative here and, and looking at the team without those two names, it's like you've got Jemaya Neal, you've got Alonzo Gaffney. Um, maybe Duke Brennan comes back. I don't know. Maybe I mean, if if Desmond Cambridge is is uh, or Devon Cambridge, my bad, is um, or Devin Cambridge. I don't Devin. know why I'm fumbling his name. Um, if Devin Cambridge is is taking visits and stuff, I don't I don't that doesn't seem too promising. In no, no. Being like, yeah, no, I'll come back. Um, but again. You got guys coming in. You got Adam Miller, Zane Meeks. Uh, you got a couple freshmen, Akil Watson and Braylon Green, it looks like. Uh, Kamari Lands, Malachi Davis. Yeah, the, the is Kamari Lands from the guy from NC State? Louisville. Louisville, that's right. Same okay. colors, same colors. Yeah, that's, I, I'm fumbling this, but either way. Um, and the promising thing for me is is – Bobby seems like a coach who is who's kind of built for this transfer era of basketball. He did it last year. He's got some tur- uh, some turnover this year, but not as much as he had last year. And he yeah. he put together a team that almost won a, a round of sixty four game in the tournament. So he he put together a team that made the tournament, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is which is all you can ask for as an ASU basketball fan. Um, as long as we're we're getting into the tournament and we get to watch basketball, meaningful yeah. basketball through March, like I, I think that's uh, yeah. a successful season. And just looking at this roster, I I think he he probably could. So he, yeah. he could do something, or at least keep this team competitive. So absolutely. And I know some people hate hearing, oh, it's just making the tournament isn't good enough for ASU. You got to aim higher. And it's like, of course you have to aim higher, but like, I'm just basing this all off historical precedent. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, just be happy when they make the tournament. Like it, and it, and look, it doesn't always look great throughout the course of the season. Like I, I was critical of Bobby this past season, but um, if it all shakes out in the end and you're in the tournament, then fine by me. Um, I do want to get into the two guys they picked up this week, starting with Adam Miller so he's a, listed on ESPN as a sophomore. I don't know what he actually is in terms of eligibility. Like he's played two years of college basketball. Um, he started at Illinois, and he was actually the Illinois Mr. Basketball coming out of high school. So this guy has talent, you know, uh, but then transferred to LSU last year, scored 11 and a half points a game. Uh, on 33% shooting, so, <laughs> you know, take that into consideration. But double-digit score, uh, um, and LSU basketball last year, like, that was a mess. I think they're kind yeah. of in the – they were similar to what ASU football was last year and that they were in the wake of a recruiting scandal type thing with Will Wade. So uh, I could see why he'd want to get out of there. Um, so excited to have him and – He's similar to Kamari Lands in the sense that these guys were both really high recruits coming out of high school. And early on in their college career, just for whatever reason, things didn't totally work out. But that's the type of player you want transferring into your program. Um, and then, so Miller, 6'3", he'll, I'm sure he'll be, you know, he'll be one of the guards. Um, 
and it's just I mean, I mean maybe he'll like come off the bench too like who knows but how it'll all shake out uh but it's a good addition and then meeks is a forward uh he seems like one of these i'm looking i'm pulling up his stats right now six nine has four years of college experience he was at university of san francisco Last year, so we got a, a uh, up close and personal look at the ASU roster that he helped uh, light on fire <laughs> in the Bay right before Christmas. <laughs> um, but he is, you know, he scored 10, 10.9 points per game last year on 47% shooting, too, so fairly efficient. Shot 32% from three, career 34% shooter. So not like a dead eye, kind of just an average three-point shooter. But again, like he scored, you know, 10 points per game, played at Nevada in the past two. So he's used to a high, higher level of competition. Um, again, he, he'll probably just be someone that comes off the bench for ASU and contributes. But it, it's just another body to have. Like, because someone might get injured too. Like no one on ASU basketball got injured last year from what I right. can recall. Well, and I so, mean, Nunez. But, oh, that's right, Austin Nunez. Okay, yeah, they, no, nobody who had, like, Austin. significant minutes got injured. It, well, I mean, dude, Austin Nunez in that Michigan that's game true. was lethal. That is um, true. I think that really hurt them last year was losing him. But That's true. Yeah, um, scrap what I said. No, no, it's all, it's all good because he's missed, like, most of the season. So it's yeah. easy to just be like, yeah, he didn't really play. And they, they, were, they had enough time to figure it out without him, but. That was yeah. a big loss, I feel like. But I mean, even like going through the, I'm look, I'm on two four seven sports right now, looking at the the overall, um, you know, recruiting, not recruiting, but like the addition rankings, right? And I recruiting mean, even on, portal. right, right, the the transfer plus, or what did you call it, the recruiting? I just portal. said recruiting plus portal. I think yeah, I don't yeah, know what it's yeah, special. yeah. No, that's that's what it is. So yeah. I mean, even with the four guys they're bringing in, three of them are four stars. One is a former four star. I mean, Kamari Lands was a four star coming out of high school. Yep. Um, so I, I mean, these additions look solid, and they're at. I mean, without Frankie Collins, Adam Miller is going to be huge. That's obviously yeah. a position of need. And, um, the two young guys, Akil Watson, six foot eight, two hundred five. This team desperately needs size, and and hopefully he can come in and be a force on the glass, if nothing else, or on the boards. Um, and I mean, Braylon Green too, shooting guard. It seems like all of the guys that are coming in are guys. And Kamari Land, six foot eight too. Like, yeah, no, they are bringing in size, size yes, on the wings. Like so, even hundred percent, which is what killed them. Yeah, and even if like, let's just say Warren Washington gets drafted with the 59th overall pick or something, um, you at least you you at least have size in other areas of the team, right? You have. Like you said, Kamari lands. Zane Meeks is six nine. Um, and then so the guards you added, Miller's six three. I think Davis is six three two. And then Watson, the freshman, is going is six eight. So like, yeah, you're you're bringing in tall guys. And I think maybe that one thing that Bobby like last year was the first ASU basketball team under Bobby that like where they played defense. Like they really played defense yeah. and. Having you know a bunch of long long arm guys who are tall that helps playing defense. So can block um, shots. And, I mean, six eight two oh five. That's Akil Watson. Hopefully, somebody who can hold his own 
uh, in the low post when, when he does get minutes, if he does play very much as a freshman, you know, who, who knows with, with yeah. freshmen. Um, but at the very least, Kamari lands and Adam Miller with uh, Jemiah Neal was, was huge down the stretch last year. Absolutely. Um, bringing him back is massive. Same with, with uh, Alonzo Gaffney. Uh, continuity and that, that reducing the turnover a little bit. If they're able to bring back Warren Washington with these four transfers, I think that would be so big. These four, these four additions, they're not all transfers, but these four additions, I think that would be massive for their ability to play. And I mean, every Bobby Hurley team is going to throw up their threes, right? But like to have a force on the low post, to have a, a, a lineup that you can go big with and get yep. rebounds and, and not give up all those second op- or second chance points and all of that, um, I think is extremely important. So, and the other thing with Warren Washington, like for one, he's a legit seven footer. Right. The other thing is like he's not some oaf who just grabs rebounds and tips shots back in. Like he's he doesn't he's have a part, but I agree he's like pretty nimble. Yeah, he's skilled. Like for yeah. for college basketball standards, like he is a very skilled big man. So. You know, it's it's weird with the portal post the end of like after the end of a basketball season because you see, you see Jemai Neal enter the portal, you see DJ Horn, and you're just like, what the heck's going on? Yeah. And then now it all shakes out, and it's like maybe, I mean, I would still love to have DJ Horn, but um, you you replenish, you know, and so right, and then, I mean, it's just it's just part of it now in this. I know, state. yeah, like. It, it, you can't even blame guys, you know, like Jemiah Neal for entering and, and seeing what was out there, and doing what he had to do. Like, it's just it, it comes with the landscape at this point. And it's not even necessarily a bad thing when that happens. You know, it's not even right. necessarily an indication that these guys are even leaving, as is the case with Jemiah Neal. It's just I mean, it is uncomfortable for fans to see all of that. And it's always unfortunate when guys leave especially with, with Devin Cambridge, who said he was coming back, and then was like, never mind. Yeah, that um, – I think it's completely different as a fan to be – like, no no one's saying you should tweet at these guys or anything, but just from, like, an annoyance standpoint. Uh, if a player says, hey, I'm coming back, and, like, releases a statement, or uh, in Jane Daniels' case, releases yeah, a video, um, <laughs> and they end up not coming back, it's like, just – it's so much better to just say nothing and then leave. Like Duke Brennan, he didn't 100%. say anything. He didn't confirm he was coming back, and then he le- and he put his name in the portal. And it's like, you know, as an ASU fan, I'd love to have everyone stay, but it's it's less it's less annoying to deal with. Um, it is it is the most annoying thing in the world because you're absolutely right. There is nobody there is nobody asking you to put out a statement, especially if there is even a shrivel of doubt that that is the decision you want to make because it makes you look so dumb. Nobody is telling you that you, you can't have this choice or you have to stay. And I don't even think people would be upset. Like you said, I don't think anybody's upset with Duke Brennan. And if he chooses to leave, okay, best of luck. He had a better opportunity elsewhere. This is a 19, 20 year old kid. Like every opportunity for you, you know, same with like anybody else, DJ Horn. Right, like, best of luck. He well, and he's from for, Raleigh too. So right, he was yeah, great like, for us this year. He's going closer to home. Like, there's, I have no problem with that. The only thing that I will ever have a problem with is 
the Jaden Daniels, Devin Cambridge stuff where they're like, Sun Devil for life, I'm coming back. And, of course, the cases are different. I'm sure Devin Cambridge didn't say it like that, but Jaden Daniels sure did. Yeah, there's – yeah. And yeah. it's it's a case-by-case thing, but at the core of these announcements, it's somebody who's announcing something that they're not even really that sure of themselves because if you were 100% certain that you were coming back, you wouldn't change your mind a week later. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, yes. Like, so don't yeah. don't lie to everybody by saying, like, this is what I want to do when you don't even know that's what you want to do. Yeah. And you're right in that it's a case by case basis. Cause like, we don't know what happens in the background, but just right again, that's why you just don't say anything. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Do not say a word. Do not tweet. Do not put out a video. Don't do any of that until you are like, this is where I'm going to be without a shadow of a doubt. Yep. I agree. So. I agree. Well, with that, uh, that's pretty much all I got this week. Um, Anything you want to bring up regarding Sun Devil, Sun Devil Nation? Not really. We kind of we kind of hit on all of it. Uh, it was great to be back in the saddle. You know, um, yeah. my press tour is finally over, uh, so I get to I get to come back to to what I love. You know, and I don't have to I don't have to fake it on all those other shows. All right. Uh, um, which is which is a great feeling. It was great to be back with you. Definitely. Uh, you. Why did I say? I was gonna say you as well. That's not the right phrase, but um, it no. It was great yeah, having you back right. on. Definitely didn't uh, run out of breath these times. <laughs> these times you were taking up some of the air time. Uh, oh yeah. But yeah, happy to help. Yeah. No, but next week, I mean, we'll we'll be right before the draft, seeing where potentially where guys get picked. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Valde goes in the draft. I want to talk about that next episode, but. I was looking at some some running back rankings and I, I didn't really see him on many like yeah many like even top thirty lists which oh boy. if you're not okay. on one of those I, I, it doesn't look great but UDFA maybe there's nothing yeah. wrong with, with UDFA he's, he's, he was a well rounded player that's that's what I would say even though he's not like clearly he's not like the elitist of athletes but that's also like he's being compared to NFL players so like it's a little different standard but. I think um, maybe maybe Soeli has a chance. I've seen him on some some lists. Yeah, that would be interesting. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, late late well. UDFA type of guy, but somebody who might have a chance. Um, I mean, no surprise. It's not a very big year for for the Sun Devil NFL Nation. Yeah. Thing. So, uh, but we'll see. We will. All right. Well. Uh, thanks for listening. If you'd like to please rate and review, like and subscribe, do anything that could help us a little bit. Um, or help us is the wrong phrase, but just you know, do give all us things. a little boost. Put give mark us on your boost. shoulders. We yeah, there you go. That's why that's why he's an English teacher, folks. He knows how to speak the language. Oh, why did like, you out my occupation, man? <laughs> you just doxed me. <laughs> And he's at high school, blank, blank. No, all right. Uh, I just realized I put my name as Mark. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> oh, I'm, I noticed yeah. it at the beginning, and I was like, I'm not going to. I don't know why I did that. I, yeah. It wasn't even a conscious thing. You're just thinking about me all the time. I guess. You live rent-free in my head. I got to start charging you. Oh, man. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and go Devils.